Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a six-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is May 26th, and this is episode 200. In today's special episode, I am joined by a few very special guests. We have Shiloh Cliff, otherwise known as LT Snake Piskin on social media, and he is the Chief Administrative Officer at Elk Finance. I'm also joined by Will Baker, otherwise known as Trend Expresso, the lead dev and co-founder of Triple Confirmation. And finally, of course, but not least, Jonas Scram, otherwise known as Slumdoge, our project manager and co-founder as well of Triple Confirmation. Welcome, everybody. How are the days today? Can't complain. Thanks for having me. Uh, you mean an amazing podcast voice? I feel right at home. This is this is pretty professional. It's great. Uh, so yeah, just uh, just happy to be here. So yeah, thanks again. Absolutely, my friend. We appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us. Yeah, I guess we'll just dive right into this whole thing. So uh, the first question being, obviously, what is Elk Finance? That's a good question. I have no idea. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so uh, Elk Finance is uh, basically a cross-chain infrastructure project. So we launched in March 2021, and we've been operating our uh, ElkNet, which is kind of our cross-chain infrastructure uh, for, you know, since, since June 2021. And we connect, you know, 20 different active blockchains. Uh, you can transfer Elk, our token, uh, between those chains. Uh, we have a, a few exciting products coming out, but basically we want to connect all of DeFi in a decentralized way. We're going about it very carefully um, because we do know that bridging is the most risky place to be in, in DeFi in terms of uh, security, exploits, hacks, those kind of things that have happened historically. So we're, uh, we're taking kind of security uh, very seriously and uh, making sure that we develop, you know, useful infrastructure products that are cross-chain that are also uh, very safe. So that's kind of a a quick sum up nutshell of what our goals are and and kind of what we do. I see. Okay. And how would you describe what makes you guys different from other bridges per se? Yeah. So it's our focus here on the decentralization. Our end goal is to have something that operates uh, with or without us. Um, and and that is one of our biggest factors. Our other is a more versatile uh, relayer, basically. And and in this case, ElkNet, of course, is much more than a relayer. Though we want to have uh, built-in security mechanisms, which we do for things such as 51% attacks, uh, for double spends, uh, those vulnerabilities. So we've got we've got all those those protections baked in. And uh, while ElkNet is somewhat like uh, a blockchain and, and may may one day be that it, it's really this this middleman who who actually looks at transactions what's happening uh, and is able to you know make those decisions it's a, it's a smart uh, system that doesn't just let everything through just because so uh, we we you know really want to cooperate with anyone in DeFi and take 
pieces of our infrastructure. Uh, they'll play nice with pieces from other people's cross-chain infrastructure. You know, like recently we've worked with CCTP, their USDC's bridging solution, and it plays nice with the ElkNet. So, you know, that's that's the difference. You don't have to go full with us. Uh, you can kind of take pieces, try it out, and we aim to be permissionless uh, so that anyone can kind of adopt our cross-chain infrastructure and utilize it. Right. Okay. Very cool. Um, Trent, do you want to jump in here? Do you have any questions? So I guess I, I would have a question of, does uh, the bridging require a centralized server in order to execute the burn on one chain and then the mint on another chain? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a great question. So we have multiple nodes that are securing ElkNet. At the moment, those nodes are centralized, being that we're running all of those. Uh, though, I mean, the plan is to bring those out to the community in an Ethereum style or classic blockchain style node operator mechanism so that, you know, you stake your elk, you run run the node, uh, you validate, uh, much like any validator would, right? And so currently, but uh, we wouldn't want to rush into decentralizing this thing uh, completely when, you know, we want to make sure we're, we got it, got the audit, got, uh, we've got all those things straightened out and have the, the room for the capabilities that we'll need going forward. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, great answer. Um, so, to kind of put a pin on that, longer term, there would be some mechanism by which it would be essentially trustless because just about anybody could spin up a node and handle those requests. Uh, whereas presently, obviously, um, yeah, I mean, we we know all about that having a going as decentralized as possible and then realizing, oh no, there's something we wanted to do or there was some little bug somewhere and then needing to uh, figure out how to parse it all back together, right? Um, so that it still is all working as intended um yeah so i i think that's it's a fantastic and, and novel approach to the issue of bridging and our future is probably going to be multi-chain it's probably not going to be one chain to rule them all right um and using elk as a my, my understanding is elk token is a value transfer token so in other words you you have value over here on avalanche but you want to get it to ethereum you can use ElkNet to bridge that value by putting it in Elk, Elk token. It then burns it on one side and mints it freshly on the other side. Does that uh, all sound correct? Kind of close. Um, so we actually utilize a reservoir system for Elk token to move it from one chain to the other. So uh, we actually have an entire supply minted on every individual chain. So if everyone wanted to move all of their Elk off Avalanche and move it to Ethereum or you know BNB chain, uh, they would be able to do that. Now, of course, as we offer this infrastructure up to additional tokens to create their own bridge with what we're calling bridging as a service, that you know allow them to utilize a reservoir system much like the Elk token, would allow them to utilize mint burn if they want, utilize rock lock and release if they, they so choose. Uh, so there's kind of a, a few different options. Elk itself is kind of the cornerstone of our ecosystem. So, um, you know, as we're taking fees, we're taking them uh, and putting them back into elk on the market. Uh, we're taking fees for elk for uh, our, our farming as a service product, which uh, is undergoing audit right now. It's just finished. We're uh, you know fixing up a couple things before releasing that. And yeah, uh, basically, yeah, of course, value transfer is another one of those functions. So for right now, that's uh, that's kind of the, the the big piece that elk is. It's it's somewhat of a showcase of our 
Alphanet technology. Gotcha, gotcha. What do you think would be a very common, you know, for the for the people in our audience, for example, what would be a very common normal use case or um, path or, or or what am I trying to say? Like they go to your website, they go to elk.finance. What is it that would be a very common thing for users to do? Yeah. So one of the most common things that users do currently is just what you said, the value transfer. So buying elk, sending it to one of our 20 chains and exchanging it for tokens on those blockchains, perhaps one they've never been to before. That's where we allow the user to swap some elk for gas automatically when they arrive if they've never been there. So that allows them to kind of interact with the, the products on that chain. We have a decentralized exchange on every single one of those blockchains. Right now, all the all EVM. But, you know, we're looking future to to do, of course, some of the non-EVMs. Um, and uh, yeah, so usually just move around to different DEXs, different, DEXs, different chains, uh, maybe try out some of our farms uh, or single stake on any of the given blockchains. So, those are kind of the frequent things we see. Uh, most recently, a lot of folks used us on Arbitrum and qualified for the Arbitrum airdrop because uh, they were doing some some transactions there with us. And so they were able to qualify for that incentive because we launched before uh, the token, of course. So that was pretty neat to see. That's very cool. Yeah, because not a lot of people were supporting that airdrop, if I'm correct, I believe. So how did Elk Finance form originally? Like what was you know the idea that that got brought in behind this whole thing so it was kind of uh, just what you'd mentioned earlier uh, it's like you stole it right from our presentation uh that there there's no not one chain to rule them all and you know back in you know 2015 2016 the the founder was uh you know as a, as a, a an mit postdoc he was you know, seeing back in 2015, 2016, that a lot of the the blockchains would be competing. Uh, there was going to be a variety, a plethora of options. Now, it's great that uh, there are all these op options, but in the tech world, like I said, you know, there's not that upgradability or there's an extra layer of difficulty with upgradability in, in DeFi, right? So he, he kind of saw that there was going to be all these multiple chains with multiple purposes and people, it's not just one. So of course he saw that and thought, hey, we've got to do something about this. So uh, that's where the idea for Elk was born uh, and ElkNet and, and connecting all that. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, okay. So we've heard a little bit about your CHFT. Um, do you want to go into detail maybe about how the swiss stablecoin works how it's i mean obviously it's a stablecoin right like but yeah yeah well so it's right now we, we we have not released it uh one of the reasons being waiting for to see where regulation settles so oh, that's course. kind of uh, that future roadmap that's dependent on some of those external factors uh because i think one of the ways that we can harness longevity is paying attention to the future of of you know the 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 landscape of regulation, whether that be in the U.S. or elsewhere. Uh, so, kind of, if we want to be around and want to participate in the markets, we've got to be careful with that. Now, the plans for CHFT is a native to every chain that we're on, Swiss franc stablecoin. We, you know, obviously we see a lot of uh, tokens like that are are pegged to the U.S. dollar, and you know, it's it's kind of a little bit more of a stable uh, currency. So, uh, you know, we we kind of like to try that out and. Uh, you know, have it uh, definitely more than fully backed 
and you know so it'll be native to to elknet really uh it, the the asset itself will be natively created on every chain though it will be kind of uh, optionally transferable between blockchains without fragmentation of liquidity okay i see and so just to make sure that i understand correctly is would it be a decentralized stable coin essentially yes. then because it's only yeah. built on your oh wow yeah yeah so that's the plan and of course as we approach uh and regulations come up and there's rules to follow uh, what that exactly looks like might change uh because we want to be flexible and adapt so absolutely i mean we we you know we took a very vigorous job of looking and making sure where we established and founded our company you know met our criteria obviously because we have um, an American on our team and you know we know that the US is not obviously going in the right direction um, we were very lucky <laughs> that we were able to base ourselves out of the UK um, that leads into my next question actually where where are you guys like out of essentially or where would the company be founded yeah so the company uh would likely be founded in switzerland which is where our founders from uh so it makes a lot of sense uh you know from a business perspective and also a, a you know making sense perspective <laughs> uh so yeah that's that's i guess that sure okay um trend i see has a quick question he's wondering if uh elk would elk hold swiss fiat or treasury reserves mm, yeah that's a good question so what we would actually be, do, uh, be doing is using, we'd be over collateralizing various blue chip assets to peg the Swiss franc is the current idea. Now, again, the plans for that could change based on regulation. So I don't want to promise anything uh, right mm -hmm. now, but that's kind of the idea. Uh, so, so multiple chains holding liquidity where Elknet can reference any given connected chain for that liquidity, allowing it to be pooled uh, on a singular chain or multiples uh, so that, you know, it has uh, that that collateral no matter which chain you're operating. Well, that's a very exciting topic, right? I, I don't think it, like every native stablecoin out of the Swiss currency is out yet, right? So I think you guys would be the first that could pull it off if the regulations are in your favor. So that is definitely a, a big value proposition for Elknet, I think. I mean, obviously, with the stable coins going into scrutiny last couple years, almost, you know, especially with uh, with Terra going down and all that, I think it would be a very native, uh, very novel approach for Swiss stablecoin because the Swiss uh, fiat currency is one of the most stable uh, fiat currency in the world, right? So I think this would be an awesome use case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, that, that would be, I think, uh, a very valuable use case, especially to be native to all the chains. So that's kind of kind of the thought. Um, but not only would a stablecoin that we design uh, have that capability, with our bridging as a service, technically, uh, you, you can make a, a token native to any given chain that you're connected to. So that, you know, I think will be a value proposition to additional stablecoins who want to utilize our infrastructure permissionlessly, right? So that, that'll be exciting to see actually what people build uh, with the bridging as a service as it, uh, you know, gets going. Oh, sure. All right. Um, Jonas, do you have any questions that you would like to ask Mr. Shiloh? No, I'm just listening, and when I have questions, I will, I will chime in. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to put, bring that point home that I think that a Swiss stablecoin would be an awesome thing for the crypto space in general. And if the regulations are right, I think you will have a big advantage because if Circle is not pulling that off anytime soon, you will be the 
the first to achieve that. And I think that is a big value proposition on top of your multi-chain infrastructure. And just wanted to bring that point home to the to the audience. No, absolutely. And I mean, with everything going on, the fluctuations potentially coming within some of the main currencies that we're seeing. Yeah, this could be much bigger than I, th I think a lot of people uh, would first see for sure. Um, double click says he's traveling. It's all good. It's all good. I figured I'd open up the offer. Um, okay, so how would the CHFT compare uh, to say like Aave or Compound? So, I mean, I guess the, the idea behind it is similar in that you're collateralizing those blue chip assets, much like my uh, or, or you know, uh, that, that uh, collateralized stablecoin. But, um, you know, collateralizing that on multiple chains and the difference is we don't have to fragment our liquidity. That's that's the big part with Elknet. So you could have liquidity centralized on a single blockchain and perform transactions on another utilizing uh, with Elknet, utilizing the liquidity uh, on the initial chain. Right. So if it's present there, it can wait to do a transaction on that uh, another chain uh, before releasing it on chain B, you know. And, and so like with Elknet, we've got those protections. We're always looking at multiple RPCs uh, or different finality for, for different blockchains to make sure that a transaction couldn't be reversed, those sort of things. So I think it's the functionality of Elknet that really lets tentrals for a token like CHFT shine. Wow. OK, that's very exciting. I mean, especially for our project specifically because you know we're potentially in the future the bot may be trading very large amounts of liquidity right and we want to be able to do that in a process that with as little slippage as possible so if we could say you know do our transaction on avax which we're built on right but then do the trade per se or into eth and then back you know we've been looking at these types of options to mitigate risk of of that slippage in in the pools because obviously like the decentralized side of things you know doesn't have that centralized exchange volume that potentially we could see in the next 10 years for sure as everything kind of flips around but yeah absolutely and, and use cases like that are, are a real hope uh for for what we want people using it for there's a bunch of things we couldn't even predict we we don't even know what people will use the bridging as a service for um because it's not limited to just tokens going cross-chain uh you could send a message on one side and mint an nft on the other you know you could do you know whatever you want hmm. uh, or just simply pass a message cross-chain contract interactions whatever that may be uh you can kind of customize it for your use case wow okay um, what sort of like fee structuring do you guys have? Yeah, so we plan to be competitive with with the, the cross chain fees utilizing Elknet. It doesn't need a whole lot uh, to to basically perform those operations. We, we will need uh, for the fee structure for the as we decentralize a sufficient incentive for node operators to be rewarded. Uh, so that those fees are going going back anything that's not used for gas or uh, just the operation costs, operational costs behind the scenes, like if we have to move something around or those kind of fees. Anything that's not used for that portion will have to go back to uh, node operators uh, through the ELK token, right? So, you know, I think, you know, it, it will be competitive, fair, but also, um, you know, enough that uh, we're able to secure everything and keep it safe because long-term safety is the most important thing. And if you've got a centralized bridging provider, uh, for example, I'm not going to name any names, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that uh, that offers something very, very cheap, chances are it's not safe. Agree. Agreed, yeah. And I mean, we saw that in the past multiple times without 
saying any names that <laughs> some preachers had some issues. Um, I have a very niche question. Um, obviously, we're on Avalanche, and um, you guys went to the summit too, so subnets is definitely a big deal. Has Elk Finance the capability to basically launch ElkNet on a subnet and then still talk to all these other chains? Exactly. It's it's like we did a, a presentation actually at the summit on the first day. But uh, yeah, we talked about exactly this. So you are able to you know launch. We are able to launch ElkNet on a summit and or sorry on the summit. Jeez, on a subnet and uh, you know connect that subnet not only to Avalanche uh, but connect it to broader blockchains. Uh, so essentially freeing that subnet to to collaborate uh, with with other other chains. So that's totally an option. We would just have to deploy the infrastructure and boom, we're ready to go. Um, you know, we're, some of the discussions we've had internally revolve around uh, you know allowing users to permissionlessly uh, deploy. Uh, ElkNet and connect a chain if certain parameters are met. Of course, we this is something kind of far off because we have to get the product out first and see what we've got. Uh, you know, but uh, this is definitely something we can do. That's awesome to hear because I think that is a use case, especially for the subnets that will be very beneficial in the future because most of the subnets right now have the issue that they're kind of locked in into their own subnet and they cannot reach out without centralized bridging going on. And I think that is a very novel use case for ElkNet too. So I wanted to chime in there real quick and clarify that for the audience. Absolutely. All good. Okay. So what would you say some of the biggest hurdles have been so far in this process? I think the biggest one is reliance on, um, you know, especially smaller chains, multiple RPCs and reliability. So until you get in there, it might work fine on testnet and it looks okay. Uh, but then when you're dealing with real life, you know, issues with nodes and chains going down and things like that or gas spikes, um, so just having to be flexible and implement protections that we, we didn't think about prior to launching it, you couldn't know about that situation. So, you know, has had us running around and learning quite a bit about uh, bolstering the uh, resiliency and redundancy of certain measures with the ElkNet. Okay. Wow. And it, you guys have found solutions for these issues? Yeah, for the most part. Um, and sometimes if a chain's slow, I mean, there's nothing we can do to speed it up if, if there's issues. And that's part of the, the uh, tricky part about waiting for these confirmations and being decentralized and, and uh, allowing it to just happen. Uh, so, yeah, we've been able to work through it and, and bring those lessons and make it as good as it can be. But ultimately, the speed on chain depends and, and, and moving from that chain to another always depends on those those nodes, those RPCs and, and, and what they have. So, you know, I, I, we can make it as good as as we can. Um, but of course, we can't, um, you know, outrun the, uh, the starting gun, right? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Well, that's a big lesson we learned too. Like everything works totally fine on local uh, forked blockchains. Then it works totally fine on testnet. We put it on mainnet and then we're like, damn. All right. <laughs> Let's think this over. Yeah, we definitely went through that journey a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of what keeps us on our toes and it, it can be frustrating. It can be fun. It can help us learn things. So, you know, it's not time wasted or anything like that. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Hell yeah. Okay. Oh, um, we've heard that you guys have a pretty decent ambassador program. Maybe if you want to go into that a little bit. Yeah, D DoubleClick has, has led, uh, you know, our, our ambassador group, and it's kind of allowing a uh, uh, some people from our community and folks that are interested uh, to participate in the growth of the ecosystem. Uh, because after all, really, with the aim to be decentralized, we're we're not 
you know, aiming to completely lead the project in, you know, this firm direction, like this needs to happen. So uh, I think part of being in DeFi and what the real culture should be uh, is, you know, having that participation, having everyone have that kind of DAO mentality and and be able to kind of generate some leads, talk about it uh, and use it and show other people the, the product. And we hope that, you know, as people use it, they 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 see the value and and you know it kind of speaks for itself. But I think with the the ambassadors, they are kind of the conduit and the backbone of what uh, Elk is really and what we aim to be in that vision. You know, they're our biggest fans and also critics. Uh, they're able to uh, find problems, uh, bring solutions, and advocate for the project. Uh, so you can head uh, head over to our website at Elk.finance, the one we had up before there, and. Uh, Check out our ambassador link there, and you can go ahead and sign up and uh, and go ahead and send a request and and get involved and uh, start helping out. And it's it's cool because you know we still are a pretty small project with uh, big big aims with lots of stuff going on, and we can always use the help and, and appreciate uh, really the community because at the end of the day, as cheesy as it sounds, uh, they're the ones who you know like without them we can't we, we don't do anything we don't go anywhere. So we yeah very relatable. For us, we we built this whole project, uh, triple confirmation from within the community, right? Like it was just a bunch of people came together with different ideas, and it conglomerated into what you know essentially we have now. So very much, you know, we understand what you mean by that. Yes, we have got a fantastic ambassador scheme. In fact, I can see one of our ambassadors in this chat at the moment, um, and the idea of the ambassador ch- uh, scheme is just to mobilize our community um, in in essence. Um, we are a community-based project. We haven't got any VC funding. Um, we are aiming to be completely decentralized. So we really value um, the, the power and the opinions of our community. And um, the ambassadors really sort of are at the forefront of that. Um, and the benefit they get from being ambassadors is they get sort of first dibs on any juicy alpha. Uh, and also they get a bit of an opportunity to try out um, new products as they come out. So, uh, for instance, um, at the moment, we're um, close to our FAS Farm as a Service um, product. And they've been lucky enough to uh, help us out with a bit of testing and um, seeing that sort of firsthand and being involved with that with that process. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if anybody fancies being an ambassador, it, it's open to all. Um, the, the more the merrier, uh, really. Um, it's, it's just about building some of that uh, social velocity. Um, and and I, yeah, just being part of something. I'm sure I certainly felt that from the summit. Um, I'm sure you guys did as well when we had our, our chat that, that just being part of that Web3 family and, and connecting with people who felt the same about stuff was really powerful. So the ambassador scheme is trying to sort of embrace that and make an open forum for people to be a bit more comfortable than going, hey, I don't quite really understand this or, hey, should we try out this idea to kind of build a bit of momentum? Um, and so, yeah, it sort of encompasses all of those things, really. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we're we posting some pictures right now, actually, that were snapped up by our good friend Pavel. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel what you mean. Everyone was so, like, we didn't really know what to what to expect when we arrived. Obviously, you know, is there going to be a lot of DGENs? Is there like people who are only there to like push their own agenda and not really hear what you have to say? Because I've been in a lot of industries, you know, vape, um, 
uh, welding, all this sort of stuff. And and normally when you go to these types of things, right, it's it's like everyone's got their own focus and they're not really willing to hear everyone else out, which was the total opposite of what we experienced obviously at the uh, the avalanche summit. So it was a really it was a really cool and like mind-opening experience to see that yeah, everyone we talked to was like, you know, your project's super cool. We've got a super cool project. We're willing to hear you out, you know? Um I'm really up I'm really sad that you guys weren't on our radar because I would have loved to have seen your panel. That's um we Slumdoge actually was the guy behind the computer making sure that we had, you know, our <laughs> our agenda for the day essentially all ahead of time. You know, you're heading to this stage at this time and this stage at this time and that sort of thing. So Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, certainly this time round we were solidifying relationships from the last one and building new relationships. And so on the next one again, it's kind of you know doubling down on that you know you're meeting up with old friends you're sort of you're saying look like we're still here um uh, and yeah I, I echo what you say as well about the just the diversity of, of the people there i was i was really buoyed up with how how real it all was as you say you know it, well, i was expecting just a load of sort of dgens and geeks and it wasn't i mean it was people representing governments it was you know lawyers it was tradfi bankers and then you know obviously a, a a variety of projects from not only you know top end blue chip down to you know just brand new releases it was really vibrant really good mix of people yeah amazing event but well, i think it's great that we connect now because we're very similar in a lot of ways like we have an ambassador program we don't have any vc funding like our whole project is built by the community so we have a lot of the basics in common you know i mean totally different projects but the value proposition is the same from a community perspective and i think that is what makes crypto special right especially these days um we just talked with the, with our community a couple of days ago that every project that is building right now and is still around and still pushes forward like crypto in general you know other projects to keep track of and to stick around with and so it's awesome to see that you guys have the same community mindset than we have so that's definitely awesome to hear and i mean if we not connect that much on the summit i mean we do it now so i think we we made up for it these guys caught us literally as the thing was ending you know simon came up yeah oh you have a nice poof i'm like, oh well thank you you know and it, it just sparked a whole conversation and they you know they realized that i was from canada they were obviously were like well sh we gotta get our canadian guy to come over here and talk to this because obviously we're relate we're this you know we're from the same place eh? you know so yeah I do that sure yeah 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 <laughs> it's all about the canadians oh yeah oh yeah no definitely so yeah very cool that like you know just in in those last few seconds we made a great connection um we're we're definitely excited to hopefully um sit down and like look at how we can um, bring elk finance into our project because like i said we're you know we're looking for these solutions that we're going to run into at some point just with the mm. scaling of um of these of these services right now so yeah with all that being said simon shiloh thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to join us on this podcast 
Um, I know you got another meeting you got to go to. Um, yeah, we appreciate your time and we'll be in touch, my friend. Hit me up anytime. Absolutely. And, and when I'm in BC, I'll, I'll say, hey, uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. you know, but uh, yeah, really appreciate you guys having us. It honestly means everything to have, uh, you know, similar projects with similar goals, although different, uh, different, you know, tech. Uh, but just having those core values, uh, I think, like to echo that is is awesome. So, always looking to collaborate with uh, those projects like yours who, you know, who share that. So, I'm I'm totally totally uh, happy we met as well, and yeah, really appreciate having us on. Absolutely. All right, you guys have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you for everyone listening. We appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day. We hope that you have a fantastic rest of your Friday. And we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.